0: a popular outcast production bass why must we fight
1: to Portable Power, the podcast that doesn't like to think hard unless we're soft. This is episode 40, recording on Saturday, May 23rd, and I couldn't play Splatoon earlier and I'm really mad about it. So uh, my name is Mark Matters. I am here with Kevin Seibert and Emmer Smith and special guest. Hi, it's Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy, yeah. where might
0: people know you from? Well, people might know me from a little podcast called Koopa Club, but maybe they don't. I don't know.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You you mentioned earlier uh, before we started recording that you are uh, perhaps mildly intoxicated. What may you have been or are you currently drinking?
0: Let's see. On my left, I have some really basic Blue Moon. Nothing too fancy. On my right, I have some Jim Beam Honey, which is basically everything that you need in life <laughs> true that, that that that's what has brought me to my current state we'll we'll put it that way and so you're just switching back and forth <laughs> yeah pretty much there's some there's some cider or something or other in the fridge but nah okay i okay. think i'm good
2: so so the question is how's the hangover on that um i will let you know in the
1: morning <laughs>
3: <laughs> cool i'm not looking forward to it The but... jim beam honey is gonna it's gonna teach you a lesson yeah. <laughs>
1: Jeremy, this is our Mega May episode, which is why we brought you on. Um, yes. In addition to playing uh, Mega Man games, what have you been playing recently? Well, I've actually
0: not been playing a ton of stuff lately. I don't know what it is. I just haven't really been in the gaming mood. But I have been playing Box Boy for the 3DS. Oh. Um, I've been playing that pretty much since it came out. I'm being really slow with it. I think I am just now at the final final regular world before all the special stuff
1: opens up so that's been pretty exciting you know everyone says such wonderful things about this game and every time i look at it i go is this the same game i can't i don't know i haven't played it but i guess it's just wonderful level design what is it um that's basically it i mean do you like puzzle games absolutely
0: then you should buy it that's it's as simple as that i mean it's it's all right one of the kind of how do I want to put this? It's a puzzle platformer that just kind of grabbed me immediately. And every single world that you start playing just kind of adds a new kind of wrench to the formula. And then uh, by the time that you get far enough into the game, it really starts testing your skills with every single thing that the game has taught you up to that point. And I love that. Who made this game again? Uh, Hal Laboratory. That's right. So th- this is, you know, their kind of wheelhouse, I would imagine. I need another Adventures of Lolo game, but that's a whole mm. other whole
1: other story. Awesome. Well, uh, we do a question of the week here at Portable Power, and our question of the week, even though it's a monthly podcast, is what are you most looking forward to at this year's E3? I am looking forward to the
0: tears of Zelda fans. Actually, I, you know... <laughs> so many. Yeah, it, there's there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings this year. But um, I don't know, actually. I, I think about E3, obviously, a lot. You know, uh, the other show that I'm on... We mm. have this big kind of blowout thing going on every time, and I, I can't really say that I'm excited. I, I know Nintendo's probably going to show some cool stuff, but I can't think of anything that's really getting me hype for it, really. Okay. I know, I'm a, I'm a Debbie
1: Downer today, sorry. No, no, it's okay. Well, um, let's move on to our regular hosts. Emris, how are you doing today?
3: I am peachy keen.
1: Yeah? What are you drinking right now?
3: I'm drinking English breakfast with milk and sugar. That's tea. It's tea.
1: (laughs) That is tea. Just Uh, tea. uh, What have you been playing?
3: I actually, I played some Mario Kart last weekend. Which one? The one for the Wii. Oh, that's the goodest one. The the goodest (laughs) one? I came in last place every time, even when there were like eight AIs with us. So, yeah, I didn't understand it.
2: Wait, is this for the Wii or the Wii U? The Wii. Oh no, that's oh. not the goodest one. Oh yeah, I disagree.
3: I was about to say when you, when you said Wii,
1: I was just hearing Wii U.
3: Yeah, no, it was just the Wii.
1: I'm gonna edit the shit out of that.
2: <laughs> that one is <laughs> that Mario Kart is dog shit. It's I think yeah. the only one I don't own. It it yeah, same here. I, I the AI is the
1: worst.
3: Well, I was worse than the AI, so. That's how I think the
1: motion controls
0: in that game are really bad. So you probably aren't at fault.
3: No, my friends were coming in first and second place. OK, well, I'm out of excuses <laughs> for you, then. Yeah, I'm just the yeah, Nintendo games make me sad is really what it comes down to. <laughs> I want a T-shirt that says that.
1: I, I was just going to say that we, we've been coming up with ideas for um, T-shirts for a podcast. And that, I think that's a new one. <laughs>
3: That Nintendo game is making me sad.
1: Somehow Emerus comes up with all the slogans for the t-shirts. Get
0: a picture of Reggie crying on the back and you're good to go. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do you remember that around the time the Wii came out, they had that Reggie t-shirt that was like Reggie with like Bruce Lee's body and he's holding the Wii remote and nunchuck like they're nunchucks? (laughs) It's the greatest t-shirt of all time. You have to look that up. Anyway, uh, Emerus, I know you're not a huge console gamer, but are you looking forward to anything at E3?
3: Well, I think... Well, won't Nintendo be announcing some of their like mobile projects? Um,
1: no, that's probably next year.
3: Oh, um,
1: and I, there's probably a PC conference too. I just don't follow PC stuff very well.
3: Yeah, no, E3 doesn't do much for me. Okay, although I'm always interested in what Blizzard is up to. So, oh, Heroes of the Storm, right? Yeah, that's that actually comes out in June on June 2nd. So,
1: have you been participating in the beta?
3: I have not. I have been in the beta, but I have not even run the game one time. Oh. I haven't even like looked at the opening screen. Huh? Wow. Because like, if I go to click on the hearth, on the Heroes of the Storm icon, it takes me past the Hearthstone icon, and then you know.
1: <laughs> you you have to stop there. Yeah. All right, that's fair enough. All right, well, Kevin, what's going on over there? Oh, not a whole lot. Yeah, what are you drinking?
2: Uh tonight I'm drinking from Nimble Hill Brewing Company their Nimwit. It's um uh, wit style beer, Belgian style. And uh it's a little less fruity than your normal wit is. It's actually oddly spicy. Okay. So, yeah, I guess I guess that was a pleasant surprise. What sort of spice is it? Like cardamom. Or... Yeah, more like cardamom. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> I just like saying that. I'm glad that it worked out. Um what are you playing? <laughs>
2: Uh, currently, I'm playing The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past.
1: Oh, whoa, you hipster.
2: <laughs> what's going on over there? It's my favorite game of all time. That's what's going on over there. Are, are you playing it on the Super Nintendo? Of course. Wow. I don't, why Why would I play it on a virtual console?
3: I don't know, man. Yeah, why on earth would you <laughs>
0: want to play it in, you know, pretty glorious HD on the Wii U? That sounds terrible! <laughs> are you playing
2: it in a, on a CRT TV? <laughs> I know it's it's on a flat screen, which is which is unfortunate. It's I'm not, blasphemy. It's not quite perfect hipster bullshit.
0: Yeah, so close yeah, so far.
2: <laughs> but I'm also playing a yeah, it's a double Zelda episode for me. I'm still playing Majora's Mask 3D.
1: Oh, that's right. You got a new 3DS, huh? Yes,
2: yeah, sadly. I want to talk about might... that
1: in a little bit. Let's, okay. Let's let's come back to that. Okay. Um. And question of the week now, what are you looking forward to at this year's E3, which is in a couple of weeks, I think, like two or three weeks?
2: Yeah, Shin Megami Tensei Fire Emblem, I guess. I don't know. Like, I I did not see anything that even remotely interested me outside of that. Okay. And, like, even so, like, I love Fire Emblem games, but I never get hyped for them, like, beforehand. I'm just like, oh, there's a new Fire Emblem game out, I guess I'll play it. And then I buy it and play it, and it's fantastic, and I love it. Right. And then I don't care again until, like, another game comes out in the series. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm a little bit on the downside as well. A lot of
1: Debbie Downers in this episode. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Normally I hog that honor.
1: <laughs> Not last episode. I think it was the last episode. You were Captain Positivity.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember.
1: It was refreshing.
2: <laughs> so, Mark, what about
1: you? How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm okay i'm sitting here with a can of monk's blood which i'm not sure if i've drank on the podcast before i try to not repeat beverages but um i drank it okay well then i won't talk much about it and besides most of the text on the can is in old english so i can't fucking read it and yeah (laughs) it's a belgian style dark ale and i don't even care if it's 90 degrees outside right now that's what i'm drinking
2: it's delicious Mm -hmm. and uh what are you playing that's not for the show
1: Um, Well, I have to issue a formal apology to uh, both Capcom and, um, let's see, the uh, approximately 260 people that listened to episode 36 where I said that Monster Hunter 4 was a piece of shit because I bought Monster Hunter 4 and I'm in love with it and I haven't played much of anything else. Um, (laughs) I think the demo just didn't do much for me and to be honest I mostly was upset because like the graphics weren't great and it was just not fun to look at but um it's mainly the textures and I don't know the game doesn't look that bad I apologize and um I've been enjoying it quite a bit it's really a lot faster and easier to get into it's just way more accessible than any other monster hunter I've played I've played like four of them now so yeah I'm loving it and I'm, I'm sorry again that I said bad things about it. (laughs)
2: All right. Well, uh, question of the week. What are you excited about for E3?
1: Um, I am really excited for Star Fox, because even though the the, the tech demo stuff they were showing last year was really not impressive at all, I I think that was really just them shopping around to developers, and I'm sure they're going to show something off that's just absolutely wonderful this year. I love Star Fox, and I'm hopeful, even though the last couple games haven't been great, that they can do something really great with that franchise so I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it, really. Um, and also Fatal Frame. Fatal Frame is one of my favorite series of all time, and that new one looks incredible. Before we get really into things, I want to go back to Kevin's new 3DS, because let's just get this out of the way right away. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Make Kevin Angry. Uh. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, this is a segment that I, I come up with on my own, and I don't tell Kevin and spring it on him during the episode. Um Kevin, why don't you tell me why you had to get a new 3DS?
2: Because uh, I had I had an original launch 3DS. I, I went out and bought it at midnight the day it came out. And after 4 years and several games that I put like a couple hundred hours into, well, about 6 months ago, I put Super Smash Bros for 3DS into my system and booted it up and the entire screen the entire system went black and shut down and would not come back on. So I sent it in to Nintendo for repairs, and then, as I was uh, in the middle of playing Majora's Mask, I was holding it, and I'm like, this feels really hot. And then the entire thing shut off, which is good that it didn't burst into flames, I guess, but I, I could not get it to to stay on. So I called Nintendo to ask them about doing repairs. Keep in mind, I had just gotten it repaired six months ago. They charged me $85 to repair it. Oh. And they were like, well, we can... Repair it again, but it'll be $85, or you can buy a new 3DS. Mm. And I was like, uh, well, how much will a new 3DS be? Because I wasn't about to sink another $85 into a system that, like, clearly they weren't going to repair properly, because they, like, that would have been my. F- I had I had to send the 3DS in once prior to the other time, so I wasn't about to send it in for a third time and have them just, like, not fix shit. Yeah. So they were like, oh. Well, it'll be $200, but we'll buy your broken 3DS that doesn't work for $20 if you mail it to us. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, uh, all right, I guess I'll do that. They, and they assured me that I could you know, get all my content transferred over. So I, so, you know, I booted up, and it's like, yeah, let's do the content transfer now. And I'm thinking it'll have me like insert an SD card somewhere. And it's like, wirelessly transfer it, effortlessly. I'm like, well, that's a problem because my old system won't stay on. So I called Nintendo, and I was like, hey, how do I do this? And they were like, oh, we'll do it for you, since you can't do it wirelessly. And they're like, yeah, we'll have that ready for you in about four or five days. Does it come again? <laughs> so not only, so like, you know how, like, when you get a new system, like, you just want to play it right away? Yeah. Well, I couldn't, because I was like, well, okay, but like, I can play it, right? And they're like, no, it'll overwrite any data you leave on the, on the SD card. <laughs> oh, God. So I had to sit around for like four to five days waiting for them.
1: Just staring at the new 3DS.
2: It sat on my coffee table for days and days. And like occasionally I would like power it on and like gaze at the screen forlornly and be like, I want to I want to be all over you right now. And I just like I can't (laughs) at at this exact same time my Wii U gamepad stopped working anytime that it wasn't within a foot of my Wii U. So I was like, oh, can you, can you fix this? And they're like, yeah, but it'll be $100. Now, that makes me even angrier because, first of all, I'm one of the like five people in the world that owns a Wii U. <laughs> I've had it for less than a year and a half because I bought the Wind Waker HD Special Edition. Mm-hmm. They're saying, oh, we don't know if we can repair your gamepad, but we can send you a plain black gamepad. mm <gasps> hmm <gasps> Yeah, and no. they're like, oh, but it'll be $100 to fix it. And I was wow. like, but, but I bet, like, it's not like my 3DS where I put, like, several hundred hours on it. Like, I played Wind Waker HD, I played Smash Brothers, and I played Mario Kart 8. Then it's been my Netflix machine. Yeah. So, like, probably about 50 hours total on the system, and, like... For frame of reference, I'm good to my systems. My original NES and original Super NES still work, and I still use them all the time. They're hooked up to my television, and they're in perfect condition. Well, like,
0: those things were made of, like, adamantium, though, to be fair. <laughs> Anything made back then is, like, indestructible. <laughs> it's,
2: it's true. It's true. But, yeah, like, th- th- what's, what's ironic is that my Wii U... I have to sit closer to the television than I do for my wired controllers for the no. NES and Super <laughs> NES. Barf. Yeah, so so I have to send that in. They're going to charge me ridiculous amounts of money. And it's not like I can just buy a new gamepad. Like, they don't even sell them. Mm-hmm. I get, I, I'm sorry, this is probably a disappointing installment of Make Kevin Angry.
1: You don't have nearly the amount of rage... Yeah, that you did when it was about the Mega Man Amiibo. This is more like the, the way a serial killer, killer talks when he's like slowly cutting off the toe <laughs> one by one. I'm,
2: I'm on the edge of snapping. No, like at at this point, like I didn't yell on the phone with Nintendo, but like when they told me that it would be $100 to even look at my gamepad, I was like, okay, in the last six months, you have had my 3DS twice... Not for anything that I had done. I put your piece of software in my system, and it broke it. And I had to pay to repair it. Then, I'm playing a game, and it just shuts off. And now I'm expected, Even though you guys supposedly repaired it six months ago, I'm expected to pay for repairs again, or buy a new system. So I bought a new system from you. Now, in the same amount of time my Wii U gamepad stops working, I barely used it. But it's out of warranty, so I have to pay. And there's nothing you can do about this... And they went down to seventy five dollars for the repair, but I was I was still pretty mad about it. But yeah, like I, I I'm I'm the serial killer who's just you know maintaining perfect calmness. And like that's the thing, <laughs> like if I'm yelling, that's fine. Like I'm kind of like using intimidation tactics. <laughs> but like when I like the quieter I get and the more <laughs> calm and collected I seem, that wow. just means. I'm furious and positively livid, <laughs> and I'm calculating my next move, and I'm luring you into a false sense of security for when I finally strike. This
0: is the most terrifying podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Run.
1: Um, well, I'm going to give that installment of Make Kevin Angry um, uh, a 7 out of 10, because even though you, you weren't like screaming, and even though you were a little long-winded, I think that, <laughs> sorry, um, we're all scared. We're all scared of you right now. So, <laughs> I've
0: already, I, I've peed myself. I mean.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to ever let you into like E3 or any any event where you can get close to like Iwata or Reggie or anything like that.
2: They weren't going to let me in anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, that was fun. Um, let's keep things moving. Uh, we're going to switch right into uh talking about games uh this is our mega may celebration all these mega man games came out and we're gonna talk about every fucking one of them and um we're gonna start with jeremy uh because his game came out first yes so jeremy we would love to hear what you think of mega man and bass for the game boy advance or bass Bass. it's not a fishing game i'm sorry it's
0: I don't really like it, but uh yes. <laughs> um actually this is a Game Boy Advance port of a Super Famicom game that never came out here, which is uh, same title, Mega Man and Base. Um a lot of people if you download the ROM or what have you kind of incorrectly label it as Mega Man 9. So be wary of that folks. I guess the easiest way that I can describe what this game is is it's uh for Mega Man series kind of like faithful people, it's an extension of Mega Man seven. It controls almost exactly the same. It has a lot of the same kind of graphical style. Um a lot of the same even type of music. Like the composing of the music is very similar. And it's just not very good. <laughs> um.
1: Well that means a lot. Like coming from you, you're the next to Kevin here, like you're the biggest Mega Man fan I know.
2: Well, you know, can I can I cut in for a second? Yes. Um I am a huge Mega Man fan and I have this game on the Game Boy Advance like the cartridge. And I agree with Jeremy, I don't like it. Mm. Yeah, I guess and
0: my my struggle with this game because I've been playing it on and off, you know, since being invited on the show is like, well, I I've never even played this game before, so I want to make sure that I, you know, try to completely finish it up, you know, completely every possible way that you can and I couldn't do it. I could not do it with this game. I got you know fairly fairly far into it, but I think the, the biggest problem that I have and any really kind of hardcore Mega Man fan will tell you that one of the most important aspects of these games is how they control. There's a very particular feeling to how Mega Man handles as a character and this game feels so wrong. His jumps are way too high and not wide enough. The way that his Mega Buster works is just slow. There, there are just a lot of big issues with control in this game, and that's the the biggest problem I have with it, is that everything feels strange. It feels like you're not playing a Mega Man game, that you're playing a platformer made by a uh, like second or third tier developer that isn't quite at Capcom's level.
2: Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying there, and part of it also is... Um... The on-screen sprites are too big, and that probably wasn't as big of an issue with the Super Famicom version of it, because you had an actual full-size screen, but when everything's shrunk down so much on the GBA, like, the thing is, um, as Super Famicom games go, the graphics were, I thought, were pretty decent, Yeah, but they didn't shrink them down enough for a portable screen, so while you have nice sprite animation and everything, like, it just is not a great portable game.
0: Um, I feel like if they were doing a port of a Super Famicom game to the Game Boy Advance, I think they maybe should have taken a little bit more extra care into making sure that you know, the size of it was correct for a portable experience like you mentioned. Here, what it felt like they did was they just took the Super Famicom game and didn't actually make any changes to how like it would display on a handheld device. So what you get here is you get a insane kind of artificial difficulty spike. There are certain sections of the game where you literally cannot see, like, let's say they expect you to navigate like a a field kind of filled with spiky areas. Well, you can't see the spikes, so good luck. You're just going to have to (laughs) blindly jump somewhere and hope that it isn't an instant death trap. And there are lots of sections like that in this game where if it isn't a blind jump into, you know, a spiky area, it's the fact that there's an enemy just off the screen that just so happens to fire at you the second that you jump. So it immediately knocks you into a pit. And there's no way that you could have known that it was there. So I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that type of difficulty. I think that it's more trial and error and more just expecting you to play a game over and over again just to understand how to do anything in it. And I think that's kind of, I don't know, it just feels like a, a major step down in comparison to what I was expecting from it, which is a big bummer.
2: <laughs> now, I have a question for you. Did, did you play as both characters?
0: I played as base for about five minutes. I could not get into the way that it controlled like I I think they kind of did the same thing for Mega Man 10 if I recall where you could play his base if you purchase like DLC or something like that where you could fire in eight directions and he has a double jump and what have you which is certainly cool and I think honestly I would have loved it if it was in a game that I felt controlled better and didn't have the problem with you know humongous sprites on it so that was my my impression was this would be great if I liked the game. It would give me an incentive to kind of go back through it, which I was more than prepared to do. But I just can't, can't do it.
2: I, I somehow managed to finish the game as Mega Man back in like 2003, uh, and I tried to do a playthrough of Base because this was back at a point in time where I like if I bought a game, I had to do everything there was to do in it, or I would not buy another game until I'd done that. And I think actually Mega Man and Base is the game that that broke me of that habit because I got to like I got through most of the game as Base furious the whole time because I hated playing as him and uh his weapon just like his double jump helps you through the stages like that's nice but his weapon is complete garbage yeah. for fighting bosses because it's just a rapid fire single shot but it doesn't you know enemies don't take more hits from it it's just because after every hit they take they gain like a short period of invincibility so you're just spraying them with useless shots yep And Mega Man's Mega Buster, his charge shot, is just so much more powerful. And I also found base's control to be really wonky. Like, Mega Man's slide was reliable, but the way you had to double tap the the directional button to make him dash, like, I was failing all the time.
0: Yeah, that's never really a good control scheme, I don't think, for dashing, especially in, like, a really action-heavy 2D game. Like, that's cool for a fighting game, I think, but something like this that requires, like, twitch reflexes, it's just, it's too many inputs to do that, like, n- uh, a command that is that essential to get you to the What were they the doing stage. with the R
1: button? Why didn't they just map it there?
0: I don't think they did anything with the R button other than select your weapons easier.
2: Yeah, that's all they did.
0: Which is, you know, wow. whatever. I have no problem pausing a game for two seconds and picking, you know, ice wall or whatever it
2: is. Yeah, just as long as it controls fine. yeah. Well, so so you didn't finish it then?
0: I did not. I got. I think I I beat all the robot masters, but that in and of itself was quite a challenge for me, just because I was just not enjoying it.
2: Well, is is it okay if I spoil something for you? Yes, please. Okay, did you know Doctor Wiley's behind it all? <gasps> <gasps> what? <laughs> Shocking!
0: I well, I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. I I was so ready to believe that it was King this whole time. I know.
1: We're going to get so many angry letters. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Never saw that one coming. I mean, to be to be fair, though, I feel like I've been really negative on the game and there are some highlights to it. I think the music is really good, um, even with the kind of funky, you know, Game Boy Advance sound quality. I think the actual compositions are really cool. And um, I think the selection of Robot Masters is actually pretty neat as well. Like they don't feel as lame as something is in like Mega Man six, for example, which I find completely boring. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that feels that way, but I feel like they, they were a bit more inspired this time around.
2: I i, I mean, I, I feel like they're kind of on the same level, six and Mega Man and base in terms of bosses. Like anything after three is on the same level for me.
0: <gasps> oh, my heart just broke. Mega Man five <laughs> is where it's at, man.
2: No one ever listens to me. <laughs> I mean I I played 5 on the GameCube collector's disc and I enjoyed it. I just and and like I even, you know, I did like the bosses. I just didn't like any of their weapons.
0: Yeah, no, that's the thing is that uh, the further you get into the Mega Man series as much of a diehard fan and kind of apologist as I can be for it, after 3 it's it's basically the same game. Yeah. I mean they're they're very well designed. They're very good games. Don't get me wrong. So, you know, you're not going to play a bad later Mega Man game in the NES series. And even Mega Man 7 has its merits, but uh, Mega Man and Bass, I believe, does not really kind of honor that tradition, unfortunately. I think there are just too many compromises made in the in the port and that it just never can kind of rebound from that. So, <sighs> very sad day.
3: Well, they can't all be winners, I guess. That's true. No.
0: I mean, there are like a million Mega Man games too,
1: so they have a pretty high success ratio at least. Well, let's let's find out if that's true. Um, Emrys, let's hear about Mega Man Battle Network Three.
3: So, Mega Man Battle Network Three. I don't know why it's a Mega Man game, to be honest. (laughs) The the whole thing is that you're like a child, and you have a like a, a phone, or like a PDA or something. And Mega Man lives on this child's like portable device. Mega Man EXE. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. No, <laughs> Mega Man EXE is exactly right. And um, the whole introduction is like you're, this child is out on a field trip. And he, like, gets a tutorial on how to fight viruses in the internet. Um, And then the the story is, like, following this child's, like, day dealing with homework and his friends. (laughs) And then there's, like, like, a contest. And they have to sign up for the contest. And then the contest is, like, answer this math problem. (laughs) So I didn't, I'm going to be honest, I didn't play it for very long. Uh, I feel like I got a good sense of the gameplay, but I have no idea where the story is going. I read a little bit on Wikipedia, and presumably Dr. Wily shows up at some point. Oh, Well, duh. (laughs) Yeah, But it reminded me a lot of Pokemon, only without any of the hooks that Pokemon has. Where you play like a child running around in the woods for a while. Only in this case, the woods is the internet. (laughs) And in this case, the internet is just a maze, like a really tedious maze
1: it's fucking annoying
3: <laughs> yeah and so the biggest complaint that i have is that there's no way to follow quests like there's no indication of where you need to go or who you need to talk to or even what quest you're doing yeah it's very i mean
1: that's very common in like older rpgs but this i guess this isn't that old well, of this an
0: was RPG. like early 2000s wasn't it yeah yeah it was 2003 yeah there's yeah. no there's no excuse for this Come on, Capcom.
3: (laughs) So, I mean, if you've put that game down and don't remember what you're doing, like, you could spend another hour wandering around just trying to figure out who to talk to to figure out what quest you're doing. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the quest was answer this yes or no question. (laughs) And, like, the third question, I didn't even feel like... I didn't even feel like trying to find the right answer, so I just picked up... Like, you go through this maze, like a rat, and you find this thing that is the answer to the question and you bring it back to them the gameplay the gameplay has some interesting ideas but I just don't know I just don't know what their like what the objective is so the gameplay takes place on this grid which has two sides and you're on the blue side and you're Mega Man and on the red side are the enemies which are like viruses I guess and they're little monsters or guns or whatever. You're you're basically your delta hand of powers that you can use. You choose your powers that you get for that like turn, and then you you enter them, and then you go to your guy, and then you like activate the powers to attack the enemies. And the whole time everybody is moving back and forth around on this grid, it's like an action sort of combat system. Mm-hmm. And so the the gameplay is where you're, like, dodging these attacks that come down the lanes that you're in by switching to different lanes, and then your powers hit on, like, a square on the other side of the board, either in a straight line, and then the shot will do area of effect damage in, like, configuration, or it will just attack a single square. So it's sort of turn-based. I don't know why it's not just turn based.
1: I would like it better if it was.
3: Yeah, because the only thing that you're doing, so basically, you just use all your powers as fast as you can, and then you spend some time waiting, where you just mash the B button, which uses your shot, which does no damage. It, it's just like it's just like something to do while you wait for your turn to get over. Then you get, and you're dealt a new hand of powers, and so you can change the powers that are in your like sort of deck you get a 30 cards. You, they all have, they'll have stupid names for this stuff like folders and chips and custom bars. And like, I don't know why they made up all these stupid names. It's cards. It's a deck. It's a timer. Like just, chips. yeah, whatever. They gave everything a stupid vocabulary,
0: the internet, early two thousands. Everything had to have a dumb name. Cyber yeah, right.
3: yeah. I think you're right. That must've been what it was. And so you can customize the powers that show up in your uh, hand, which is kind of a neat idea. Like, I think if you get enough powers and you can, like, sort of build a strategy that you want to develop, and you can, like, toss powers from your first hand to get a bigger hand the next time around in exchange for just doing nothing for a little while. Like, there's really no penalty. It just, oh... It makes your score lower, so you get scored at the end of every combat, based on how efficiently you killed all the little monsters, and uh, it mostly just makes you feel bad about yourself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I hate grading systems in in RPGs. Oof.
3: I think it's cool for, like, a turn-based RPG, or something where you can really, like, efficiently uh, smooth out your performance. Mm Mm-hmm. But like in an action situation, sometimes you just you're just like, oh, I didn't dodge that thing correctly because I'm terrible at controls, which is my situation. Like, I just can't do I can't do controls action stuff. I can't do it. Don't ever
1: play any platinum games.
0: Oh, boy. I was just about <laughs> to mention that. Like, that's those, those are the only games that I can get a grade on something and actually be compelled to do better and try it again. Anything else that tells me how I did, if it scores me afterwards, I'm just like,
3: oh, fuck you. I don't have time for this. (laughs) Like, I always liked being scored in Advance Wars. I always felt compelled to, like, try to get an S score in Advance Wars because that game was awesome. This game, not so awesome. So you spend a lot of time kind of not doing anything um, and dodging attacks. So if there's, like, three guys, you can kind of end up dancing around a lot but not really doing anything until you wait for your hand to come back. And then you have like three powers that sort of work together and then three that are useless because you can only, every every power has a letter associated with it. And you can only use powers if they're the exact same power or if they have the exact same letter. And there's there's a lot of letters. Like I think they might use all 26 letters. Do they? I don't know. I I mean, there were only a few, but I got on down to, like, L. Oh, wow. There was one shot that was just superior to all of them, which is just cannon. It was just a cannon that does 40 damage. The enemies mostly had 40 health, so you just want cannon, like, 90% of the time. But if you have two cannons with different letters, well, you can still use both cannons. But, like, if you had any kind of other power that you wanted to use, like a heal... You're bad at dodging attacks, so you need to heal. Sometimes you just can't use the heal; it gets discarded or or shuffled back into your deck or whatever. I'm so
1: confused.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it's really like it's sort of needlessly complicated.
1: Yeah, I that's a word I think I use a lot in my review.
3: I don't really understand the design philosophy behind it. Like, I guess I I think it's neat that they wanted to have like a customizable attack system. Where you get to choose your powers and you can combo those powers together. That's neat. But the execution, I think, was just not really exciting. Like, it reminded me a little bit of um, that lane game with the math. Yeah. Uh, Something something. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that that was turn-based. Calculords. Calculords, that's right. Yeah, Calculords, it was similar where you have the deck of cards and you play in lanes and you, like, play your, your guys out to attack the other guys in the other lanes. But it was turn-based, and so you could spend a lot of time, like, thinking about it, and it really paid off to customize your decks. But in this game, you mostly you mostly just, like, oh, I, I failed at my powers, so now I have to wait, like, Ten seconds until I can pick new powers, and in the meantime, just dodge attacks, where if you're good at dodging attacks, I don't even know where the challenge is in this game, like somebody who is capable of dodging all the attacks probably would be bored stiff,
2: presumably the challenge comes in dodging the attacks,
3: yeah, that might might that might be it, yeah, um, so I guess I guess harder because I died like I died to like the basic mobs that you fight in the first half hour like i just got t- I, I i i was running around trying to find out the o to pick true for does red mean stop that was the challenge
1: what i don't even know what you yeah. just said
3: <laughs> so the first quest is answer this yes or no question no the true or false question the question is does red mean stop true <laughs> or false okay O for true, X for false. Now, go to this zone, find an item that has an O or an X for whichever answer you want to give, and then bring it back to me.
2: (laughs) Because apparently the hero can't talk?
3: I don't know. Silent
0: protagonist syndrome.
2: (laughs) So the question is, does red mean stop?
3: That's the challenge. I, I, am this is a nail biter. I don't know. I honestly wasn't sure because I thought, oh, this is like a digital society. Maybe red means something different to their culture. I thought it might be a <laughs> trick question. It was not a trick question. Uh, so I got the first two correct. The third one was a math question. It was literally like add these numbers together and I didn't feel like doing the work. So I just went and I found the first answer I could and I got it wrong. And I I was curious to see what happened if I got it wrong. And the answer is that it makes you do a dance. Wait, what? (laughs) It it gives you a button to push. You have to push the A, B, L, R, or directional button according to what his prompt is. It's like
1: uh, Space Channel 5 all of a sudden.
3: Yeah. You have a minute to get 60 button presses right. And I squeaked in. I think I got in... I got all 60 in less than a second. Like, I nearly failed just because I was playing on an emulator and I, like, didn't fucking
2: know what the L and
3: the R button was.
2: Do you think that, like, this game was developed by a school kid who just wanted somebody else to do his homework for him?
3: (laughs) (laughs) The dance sort of belies that theory. And that's as far as I got. The quest now is to break into a school, which doesn't even take place in the digital world, so I don't even know what kind of challenges i guess it's probably i'm just gonna have to go through the map into the school and go through some cutscenes, and then come back yeah this is a weird game um i like it conceptually but the execution is bizarre (laughs) it sounds to me the way that you're describing
0: it because i've actually never played a battle network game i downloaded all the ones that they've released so far and i'm regretting my purchases now hearing you describe them (laughs) But it sounds like to me this is Capcom like just desperately trying something with this brand to try to kind of bring it back into kind of public awareness and make it cool and hip. And it sounds like it's a not not very successful in that.
1: Uh, Apparently it was a really well selling game. They're reviewed fairly well. They sell fairly well. Interesting. They made a lot of them. There, it's just weird that it's a Mega Man game. Anything with the Mega Man name, you
0: can—it's safe to assume that they made a lot of them.
2: Uh, that's fair, with
0: few exceptions.
3: I remember in 2003 hearing about Mega Man Battle Network and thinking it sounded cool. So,
1: mm-hmm. no, it happened to me this year. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll hear more on that later.
3: Yeah, I mean, like it's an interesting tactical game if you don't mind waiting a few seconds every time you get to pick your tactics. Which are chosen for you randomly. So, like, sometimes you might get your combo, and sometimes you won't get your combo, and generally you'll just want to pick cannon every time. <laughs> put a lot of cannons in your deck. This
0: sounds like a real, like, Netflix game. Like, have something else going on while you're playing. <laughs> no, it's not turn-based. You
3: have to pay attention. Uh, like, that's true.
1: That's true. You'll get, you'll get killed pretty quickly if you're not, like, on it.
3: Yeah. I died to, to just guys, like, just... The opening area guys. The, the guy, like, they were
2: just walking down the street. They weren't even trying to kill you. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah.
0: Did they kill you with math questions?
2: <laughs> no. What I find interesting is that the enemies in this game are viruses, and you need, and it requires Mega Man to exterminate them. Why doesn't everybody just get a Macintosh? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> well, then there would be no series.
2: <laughs> so
1: that's not a bad thing. Continue.
2: The takeaway
3: from my review is that you should play Calculords, which I gave Game of the Year to last year, and I gave a 10 out of 10. So, go play Calculords, guys. That's my review of Mega Man Battle Network.
1: But you're known for your excellent uh, review scoring ability here.
3: Yeah, I just gave Calculords a 10 out of 10. <laughs>
1: so. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, well um, let's hear about the next game released during Mega May, and that is Mega Man 02.) <gasps>
2: So Mega Man Zero Two was released in 2003, developed by Capcom and into creates. And I think the biggest thing that now I, I only got to play it today because it didn't come out until Thursday. So I, you know, like two days ago from this recording and I was busy those days, but in the several hours I spent with it today, it made me realize something. And that is that the years of stress And lifting with my back instead of my legs, too little sleep, too much alcohol, have all dulled my reflexes. Mm. I'm officially too old to be any good at video games, and I'll probably (laughs) never be able to finish (laughs) Mega Man Zero (laughs) 2. Oh no. I'm glad I'm not the only one. That game is so hard. It is ridiculous, (laughs) right? (laughs)
0: <laughs> it, it's just to jump in really quickly that game that whole series is like Mega Man on steroids. It's so fast paced and so challenging, and and like it demands a lot of your reflexes. And I couldn't get very far in any of them.
2: Yeah, it it seriously does. Like the the entirety of the X series, like I don't think I ever died on any of the levels. Like the the bosses were able to kill me occasionally. Right, but like Mega Man Classic and uh mega man x like have never been that difficult for me but like mega man Zero 02 i got game overs on the intro level wow i wow. I, I said game overs that's plural yeah. like i had to use continues i i i don't i don't even know how to express how difficult this game is but yeah, so, I, I guess there's a story in Mega Man Zero 2, but I never played the first one, so I'm just really incredibly confused. I, it might also be, like, the dementia setting in from apparently my sudden oldness. But, yeah, you know, like like, I recognize Zero from the X series, but X is missing, and, like... Apparently he was in the first game, but they're speaking about him like he was a villain. He was. he's been destroyed.
0: Oh, what? Yep. In the first Mega Man Zero game, Mega Man X is a villain because he is trying to kill all of the remaining Reploids or something. I don't remember what the story was, but I remember it being very strange that he was a villain. I think it turns out that he's an imposter ultimately, but I'm not sure. It's probably Dr. Wily. Yeah, (laughs) for sure.
2: So, uh, but yeah, every other character in this game is new, and I have no idea who they are, what they're doing, or who's on what side, or what even what even the sides are. This is the height of, like, Capcom evil level design. <laughs> you have a fraction of a second to respond to anything, and if you don't, you take damage, or you just flat-out die, depending on if it's a pit, or, you know, spikes, or, uh... I beat the intro level finally, and I beat one of the bosses, like, right before we started recording. And it seriously took me all day to get that far.
1: That's insane.
2: Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. But, you know, what What I, what I do really like about it, the graphics are terrific. Like, I love the animation on the sprites. Um, they're bold, bright, expressive. Not too big? Uh, a little bit too big, but, uh, not, like, Mega Man and Bass, where I felt like it was, like, unforgivable. Like, this Mm. is... I think it's just that it's so fast that makes it difficult. Not the actual... Like, it's not that, like, it's hard to maneuver around, it's just you have to know what's coming. But, like, the graphics are just a whole different level in this game, like... You have, um, you start the game with, like, different weapons. Like, you know, you have the the Buster and the Z-Saber, and you gradually get more. But there's, there are different animations involved with all of the weapons. Like, it matters what you kill an enemy with. Like, enemies don't just explode when you kill them. Like, the death animation of an enemy that you kill with your Buster is different than the Z-Saber death animation. Like, you cut them in half, and it looks so badass. (laughs) So, like, that kind of attention to detail is something, like, I really appreciate, um, because, like, that's the sort of thing that um, makes me use the Z-Saber, even though, like, I have to get in close and it just ends up kicking my ass most of the time. I also like that the weapons level up as you use them, so you earn new and more powerful techniques with them. Like, your Buster can charge to an additional level, or it charges faster. Uh, Your Z-Saber, you can do, like, multiple slashes with it in a shorter period of time the more experience you gain with it. It doesn't give you, like, an experience point system where you can visibly see, like, how close you are to leveling, but it's kind of cool how, like... You know, even though, even though you are a robot, like, you learn and get better with the techniques as you use them. Um, the music in the game is good. It's not nostalgic for me, and it probably never will be, but, you know, it, it's it's a good action platformer soundtrack, and bears well with repeated listening. And, as I mentioned, I know this because the game is really fucking hard, <laughs> and I died more <laughs> than I've died in any Mega Man game in the last 20 years. So, like, it's good that the soundtrack at least holds up while you're replaying the same section again and again and again, and, like, checkpoints are so far apart. Like, there there were so many times that I would die, and I would be like, Seriously? I didn't even hit a new checkpoint yet? Like, they, they would start me at the beginning of the level, and I'm glad that the people who live downstairs from me are in their 70s and mostly deaf, because they couldn't hear me screaming. <laughs> but, yeah, like... It is a fun game. Like I could see this being the sort of game where, like, once you get some experience with it, like, learns you know learn how things work and learn some strategies for it. Um, it's the sort of game that would be really fun to just blast you know just blast through, like, because it's so fast paced. But getting there, I don't know that it'll ever happen. Like, it could really stand to have like a couple notches taken off on the difficulty. I think.
0: I agree. I think that, uh, too, just to mention that, you know, you you mentioned earlier that Inti Creates helped make this. And I find that to be a a common theme in their Mega Man games. Um, When they came back and they helped Capcom do Mega Man 9 and 10, those were the hardest of the classic series, I think. I can get through any of the NES games with very little difficulty, but those games ask you to do a lot of things that are... I don't want to say not feasible, but thing like there's just random difficulty spikes. And it asks you to do things that are completely out of the norm. And I feel like with the, the Mega Man, um, the Mega Man zero series, it's very, very similar to that. They just, I think they just like to throw a lot of things at you all at once. And the original Mega Man games never really did that. They kind of let you get at least the lay of the land so that you can kind of prepare yourself and know what you need to do. These, it's just like, well, I, I you died. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> Try again.
2: I, I I never played nine or ten. That's my that's my dirty little secret.
0: <gasps> well they're they're good they're great games, but they are incredibly difficult in comparison to the original Mega Man games for sure. It's it's a whole different kind of monster.
1: Kevin, I'm gonna have to revoke your status as the biggest Mega Man fan I know.
2: <laughs> that's that's fair, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, I that I mean that's all I really had to say about Mega Man Zero, because like I said, I- I've i spent all of about probably five hours with it, and I've only beaten two levels. Like, the boss fight that I got to experience seemed fun, but yeah, like, I-, I can't really speak for a larger part of the game. Like, I mean, I'll keep playing it. I guess that's a good thing. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not so frustrated that I'm just ready to hang it up and give up forever, but I don't know that I'll actually be able to get myself to a point where I can finish it because this is unbelievably difficult and um, as an extension of that, frustrating.
1: Alright, well, I am reviewing the final game in... The Mega May lack of words. Jamboree. Extravaganza. There we go. My goodness. Thank you guys for helping me. Um, (laughs) This is Mega Man Battle Network 4, the Red Sun version. There are two versions of both the Battle Network games available on the Wii U Virtual Console right now and in the real world. So Battle Network 4 was developed by Capcom, released for the Game Boy Advance in 2004. And before I get into my review, um, I want to preface it with a confession like I love this era of gaming like 1998 to 2004 were there were like the years of my adult life where I neglected all my responsibilities and all my money went to video games and being in a band and sometimes girlfriends and so because I bought so many games and spent so much time with them during this era The games for, like, Game Boy Advance, GameCube, PS2, and especially Dreamcast are, like, the games I think I love the most of all. Like, I'm sorry, Super Nintendo, I still love you, but... I don't know, the reason I say all this is because immediately the aesthetics of Battle Network 4 were... They were striking to me. They took me back to that time in in my life. You know, even though this was my first time playing the game, there was this weird nostalgia, not not for the game itself... But for like this era that has been long lost to me, like I got back a tiny piece of this special time in my life in the few hours I got to spend with it. And I understand that all this has very little to do with the game and it's yet another one of my half drunken rants. But I don't know. That's what's cool about this show. We do whatever the hell we want.
0: No, that's to- that's totally relatable. I get where you're coming from.
1: Thank you. Well, that's what I, I, I hope for with when I when I go off on these tangents like that. Um, it's at least listenable, if not relatable. Um, I always say, and I, I hope it doesn't do a disservice to portable power, but this show isn't entertaining because we're like these professional journalists who deliver hard-hitting news or review cutting-edge and popular games. It's, it's because we're us, and no one else out there can claim that. Anyway, before I, I start like, crying and want to hug you guys, um, <laughs> Mega Man Battle Network 4 is weird. Um, I think a lot of what I'm going to say in this review might kind of piggyback on Emris's, which makes sense. It's the sequel to his game, but um, I apologize for anything that's a little redundant. Um, but Battle Networks, its its like—it's an RPG for an audience that I cannot pinpoint. The premise is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah. The writing's juvenile. The gameplay is is disjointed. The battle system is the nicest thing I can say about the battle system is that it's complicated. Um, (laughs) so as nice as the aesthetics can be, and as much as they gave me that like weird, like I I started playing the game and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm, I'm back in, you know, the early days of the game boy advance. I just don't think I like this game. Um, (laughs) perhaps it, perhaps it's better to say that it's, it's, it's not the right game for me right now. I found it a little too dumb for adults and maybe a little too challenging and complicated for children. Maybe my preconceptions for the game, my current tastes are at the heart of my dislike for it, Um, because I I really hate the idea of giving just the series this blanket, like, thumbs down. But like Emmer said, Battle Network's sort of a... It's sort of a shoehorned Mega Man franchise, because you're actually playing as a human in the future, where everything is online, and every device from your computer and your PDA... To your microwave is connected. For that, the game is weirdly prophetic. Um, it's been it was made more than a decade ago, but I just found it so odd because I mean everything I mean, refrigerators nowadays are connected to the internet. Um, pacemakers are connected to the internet. It's really weird. Where the Mega Man license actually comes into play here is is how these like virtual companions on your I keep calling them PDAs. They're actually called PETS. Um, these virtual companions are from the Mega Man series. To to be clear,
3: Mega Man is your pet. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> this is
0: so weird.
1: Do you groom him?
0: Oh that's 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 the mini-game spinoff, like Nintendo's only with Mega Man.
1: <laughs> okay, so yeah, Mega Man is your pet. Um other characters in the game have other Mega Man characters like Roll and Robot Masters as their pet. And all these characters can interact on the internet whenever you jack in, as they say, to an online connected device. And this is where the game becomes strange. Emerus kind of talked about this. Um, I think to visualize the internet as like an inhabitable inhabitable place is no easy task. Um, And in this battle network world, the developers made it just like a bunch of mazes that don't really feel like they're going anywhere until they actually do. I don't know. And visually... They're very, like, psychedelic and sometimes a bit like like a a GeoCities fan page from the (laughs) mid-90s. Yeah. Ah, Yep. (laughs) There'll be, like, a background that's just, like, flashing teddy bears the entire time. It's really weird. So you, as the human, can freely wander, like, the overworld, which is the real world, in all of its, like, quaint... But it's attractive, like isometric glory. Um you can interact with other NPCs, you can go shopping, but the meat of the game is in cyberspace. And that's where you like battle and everything. And battling is it's both random and scripted when you're online, and it's where I start to hate the game. Um I found it rather inaccessible for new players relying less on tutorials and more on my own like trial and error yeah i don't know there was a tutorial and then after i was there, i was like i do not know what i'm doing so i died a bunch i died a lot like emmer said combat is like on a grid and half of it's yours half of it's your enemies and you can move around and as much as you want it's it's, it's not turn-based again Um, you can attack with the mega buster, but it does only one point of damage unless you charge it. And then it does like 10 points of damage, but it's still like peanuts. It's still like, just like slapping them with your nutsack or something. So every time you have like this active timer and every time that ends, you can select from this randomized deck. I'm going to use like Emerson's terminology here because it just makes a whole lot more sense. Uh, this deck of abilities that has better attacks like cannons and bombs and swords and um, various healing abilities and buffs and stuff like that. All the while though, you have to dodge all the enemies attacks or counter them if you can. And the more enemies that are on the screen, the more this game becomes a pain in the ass. You can add, I mean they add in like hazards later on and certain squares and enemies that don't, Commit to certain patterns, and I'm I start to pull my hair out. You know, after only a few hours with the game, they sent me on this timed fetch quest kind of thing, and the random battles were not only an annoyance, but like uh they became a hindrance to my progression. Because after dying a bunch of times, I rage quit this fucking game and haven't gone back to it.
0: That seems to be a theme for the Mega Man games we've been discussing
1: it's true um i guess the other version of Mega Man battle network 4 which is the blue version is is a different game like a different story and everything and reportedly it's like a slightly better experience um so if i get i guess if i ever wanted to play these games again i would i would try that one but for right now i can't recommend battle network 4 uh, very highly um I've already gone back to playing Monster Hunter for the past couple of days.
2: <laughs> that's legitimately disappointing. I, I was very excited to, to try these games out. and like, Did we after, have any positive reviews this episode? <laughs> I I liked Mega Man Zero 2. I just said it was, like, ball-crushingly difficult.
3: Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a positive review.
2: Yeah, like, it's, like, the only thing I can say about it, like, the only thing that I said about it that was bad was just, like, Basically, the implication that if you don't like games that punish you, don't play it.
1: Yeah. And that's the majority of people that play games nowadays, so.
2: It right. is.
3: Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. It's the era of. What did someone call it? Uh, Waypoint gaming? Yeah. I believe, mm-hmm. where there's always, like, a something telling you exactly where to go and what you need to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's that's the thing. Like, I had to just. Like, I just kept dying in Mega Man Zero 2 until. I realized that there were other weapons that I could try, and oh, hey, some of them work better than just his regular (laughs) buster. Because, like, I was playing it like it was a Mega Man X game, and you just can't do that.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: But, yeah, like, I mean, most people aren't going to have the patience for it. Honestly, I barely have the patience for games that, like, make you replay the same sections over and over again.
0: I don't know. I think there's there's a difference between the kind of difficulty that we're talking about here, where it's more trial and error based, than something that's a lot more organic and something that's a lot more clearly communicated to you and is more or less asking you to take advantage of the skills that the game itself had taught you up to that point. And I think that's, right. that's something that the Mega Man games that we've discussed so far have kind of lacked in comparison to what came before. I think there's a lot of... If you look at the NES games and the the Mega Man X games and, and everything else, you'll see a lot of very clever design. There's a lot of, you know, kind of showing you how to do something first and then throwing the challenge at you so that you're properly equipped to actually deal with it. These games kind of throw the challenge at you right away. And I feel like it's... I don't know if it's something that they did intentionally or if it's something they just felt like, we need to get these games out there quickly, which is probably... What
1: happened? Um, well, I mean, all the games we reviewed this episode, all four of them were probably released in the span of like two years.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. And then the other thing, too, when I, I was looking at the list of games that came out this month for Mega May and I was thinking all of these games kind of came out around the time where it was kind of uncool to be a platformer like Mega Man. It, you mm. know, there there was a lot of negativity in the gaming press around that time. Maybe um, I might be the only one that remembers this. But, you know, games like Mega Man X4, when it came out for PS1, were essentially considered quaint, and, like, why is this even a game? We need to move on to 3D pastures and whatever else. Yeah. So I feel like this is more Capcom just reacting to this and saying, well, how can we take this brand, which is essentially our biggest moneymaker, and get it into other venues that will actually kind of make it seem a little bit more fresh? And whether or not they succeeded is... I guess up to your personal interpretation. I don't know if they did
1: personally, but um, were most of these games um, under the 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 watch of Inafune?
0: Zero was. He's kind of the the grandfather of of most of them. Like he he oversaw them. I don't think he had necessarily a hand in the development of probably any of them. But he was more of an you know executive producer just to make sure that you know things were going on track. He probably was there just to make sure the games were being developed.
1: Gotcha. Because like after I mean after this month of games, um, it sort of like made me think, man, should I be excited about Mighty Number no. Nine? If he's in charge Ooh. of it.
2: Well, like what 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 I will say is like I I definitely found Mega May last year to be far more exciting. Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh man, that was such a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like
2: like e- even even from the moment of like the announcement of the titles that they were releasing, like I was like, oh, the, the, we're 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 down to this.
1: <laughs> there's some hard to find stuff. Some rarer games. I mean, pretty
0: soon, you know, we still have Mega Man Soccer to look forward to. Everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Next year, we're gonna get the go kart game and all this.
0: Yes, that game is actually really fun. It's ugly. It's ugly as all. It's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. But it's it's a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> I've heard the go kart and the, there's a fighting game or maybe more than
0: one fighting
2: oh, the power game. Right? Fighters. Yep. Yeah, there were two Power Fighters games. They were on the GameCube collector disc. And okay.
0: they're considered canon in the story, so they're actually oh, kind shit. of important in that way.
2: <laughs> Mega Man has a story. Oh,
0: Mega yes. Man canon. It's very important. <laughs> very, very very big things happening in the world of Mega Man. <laughs>
2: The big, the big story behind Mega Man is Dr. Wily's behind it all.
0: Yeah. I love that that happened eventually in the X series too. Like no no Mega Man series is safe from Dr. Wily. He he's dead and he's still showing up. So that's cool. <laughs> that's amazing. Mm. I
2: what what I want to do is I want to be placed in charge of like being the story writer for a Mega Man game in the future where like after every single level, you can plainly see like Dr. Wily hiding behind like, you know, his latest machinations and everything. And everyone's like, no, we know you're behind it. It's like, no, I'm totally not. (laughs) And like, that's the whole game is just Dr. Wily in constant denial that he's behind it. And of course he is.
0: Well, spoiler alert, that's essentially Mega Man nine
2: oh really that's awesome the whole
0: story is that dr wiley is innocent and that all of the robots causing all the chaos are actually dr light creations so he starts asking people for money to, so that he can build a defense force that's huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep
1: i kind of love that i don't know <laughs>
0: well see that's the thing is that the further it got into the series specifically with nine and ten they really embrace the humor of the fact that come on we all know it's dr wiley So they really take a lot of time to build up to the reveal, and and they make it just more and more ridiculous. There's a section in Mega Man 10 where you go through the initial fortress section, you know, where they have the little map, and it draws the little dots and, and the line. It shows you where you're going. And then at the very end of it, it shows you going all the way to outer space, but it takes a good probably 20 to 30 seconds for the line to get all the way up to where you're actually going. So you're just essentially following this elevator shaft all the way up into outer space
1: into this final stage.
0: It's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, Mega Man. Woo.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a Mega Man mega fan, so I don't have much else to say.
0: I do want to say that I think it's interesting that there's some kind of trepidation going into Mighty Number no. 9. I I'm excited for it, but I do have kind of the same reservations, but I I think that this might be a little bit different because it's, you know, they're doing this on their own they don't have to answer to, you know, what's cool and what's hip at the time.
1: That's a good point.
0: I mean, I was going to say that I think that Inafune kind of knows how to make these games. And when he came back to do 9 and 10, the whole thought process behind those originally was this series has gotten kind of out of control with being overly complicated and all this stuff is going on, so let's strip it down to the most basic principles that worked with Mega Man 2 and 3 and let's just make those games again. And I think that there's probably a very similar kind of design philosophy to Mighty Number 9 as there was to maybe Mega Man X, you know, where it's what worked with Mega Man only with just a little bit of extra stuff on top. That's kind of the impression that I'm getting from it. But again, Inti Creates is kind of working on it. And I always wonder how difficult the game is going to be because of that. (laughs) So I'm a little bit more optimistic for it just because he's not answering to anyone. I think that we're going to see something that's much closer to his actual vision than we ever have before.
2: Well, did did you play Azure Striker Gunvolt?
0: Yes, and I actually I really loved that game, even though I did find it to be kind of needlessly difficult in in some places, but I actually really enjoyed that game.
2: Yeah, that was sort of my same position on it. Like I I there were parts about it that like I didn't like all the petrification that was in the game. Yeah. Uh I found that frustrating, but by and large I seem to remember being positive about it, just not, like, in love with it.
1: Yeah, I only ever got to play Mighty Gunvolt, and that um, made me feel like I was good at Mega Man games, because it was really easy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How did you play that and not Azure your Stric- Did they start selling it separately? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: And then they had, like, a sale where it was, like, 250 I need to get that. I never got it. I tweeted it, Kevin. Come on. <laughs> I,
2: I log onto Twitter, like, every two weeks or so. Okay, fine. Usually when a Koopa Club episode comes out so I can live tweet it. Oh, you
1: sycophant. Aww.
2: I feel <laughs> the love. I have to say,
1: uh, I've been listening for almost a year now and um the show is hilarious. Like it's it's also as anyone who's been listening to this episode can tell, like intelligent and well informed. But oh my gosh, I will pause the episode and like talk to people around me and be like, dude, you, you gotta, you gotta hear what these people just said.
0: Yes. Uh, I, I, appreciate that. Sometimes I wonder sometimes, you know, the, we've been going for almost three years now mm-hmm. and we're at the point where, You know, we we have this kind of comfort level with each other and we start wondering if uh, why are people listening to this again? (laughs) You know, we've (laughs) gotten we've gotten some interesting reviews uh, where I think we were accused of not being informed at all about the games that we talk about. And, you know, that's actually a source of pride for me. I really love that. Um, yeah. something that, something that you mentioned earlier, actually about just the nature of your podcast and that it's the reason that it's entertaining is because it's not a bunch of stuffy journalists talking about something. Yeah. And I absolutely agree with that. And that's why personally I'm a huge proponent, uh, proponent of, uh, independent podcasting because you don't have a lot of the same kind of preconceptions. You know, when I listen to kind of per- quote unquote professional shows, a lot of it just sounds like, you know, they really don't care about anything. They're just so over it. They don't even sound like they want to be there. You know, it, it sounds like it lacks passion, which I know is kind of a, a not probably not true. I'm sure they're in this business for a reason, but it just feels so lifeless to me. And that's why I like listening to shows where it's just people hanging out and talking. That's It's so much more entertaining.
1: There is a there is a line, though. There are certain podcasts that. Evolve into just like if i'm not actively like friends with these people like it's hard to listen to oh like, yeah it's like you're just like i don't get the references i don't get the jokes and this is a meandering conversation with long awkward pauses <laughs> i cannot participate
0: you know that's the glory
1: of editing yeah. Get all right. those awkward pauses out of there. Spend <laughs> exactly. Some time. That's, I, I
0: preach that to so many people that ask me, you know, I've had conversations. How do I start a podcast? Editing. That's my first answer. That's so important because your first episodes are going to be so awkward. No one's going to want to listen to you because you're going to have a whole like 30 second pause where
1: no one knows what to say. You're gonna call a character bass instead of bass, like you gotta <laughs> take care of shit. In
2: all yeah. fairness, I think in one of the in one of the actual game dubs, Mega Man calls him Bass. Yes. Meg- Isn't that Mega Man 8? Mega Man 8,
0: the bane of my existence. He says, Bass, why must we fight? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Doctor
0: Doctor Light also sounds like he has a speech impediment because he calls Dr. Wily Doctor Wywee. <laughs> and the voice actor actually flubs a line and they keep it in the game. He says, we can probably go to weed It for the Weedaw w- Womb. And it's like... <laughs> 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 uh, that game is coming out on uh, PSN next week. Make sure to buy it so that you can revel in its disgusting... That
1: is amazing.
2: I, I played the first level of it on the GameCube Collector's Edition disc for the, you know, the Mega Man anniversary or whatever and... I could only get past the first level before I just like I I think I selected Clown Man and like you chose the level and he's like I'm Clown Man yep. and I was like oh I'm turning <laughs> this off okay. He also says when you
0: kill him he says see you in my dreams.
2: <laughs> <That's> so creepy.
1: <laughs> so check it out. That's what Kevin's gonna say to Reggie when he decapitates
2: <laughs> him or something. Excellent. Did you want to tell us a little bit more about Koopa Club?
0: Yeah, just to get a plug out of the way, I guess, uh, I'm on Koopa Club. It's a, a Nintendo slash gaming podcast with somewhat of an LGBT twist, if you're into that sort of thing. But it's more of just a humorous kind of group of people hanging out talking about video games. That's essentially what we do best. And we're coming up on our third year. You should check us out. Go to KoopaClub.com. That's Koopa with a Q and Club with a K. And we are going to be actually recording our next episode tomorrow, so that should be exciting. And I believe someone from this uh, podcast is going to be guesting on one of our shows very soon.
2: Oh, really? Who could that be? Oh,
0: I don't know. You, you're you're going to have to listen to find out. <laughs> that's how you hook them in.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 super excited about like this 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 whole NES thing. Like, I yeah, that's. That system. Well, it was my first ever video game system, so like I'm, I'm really excited. That I'm going to get a chance to talk about it with you guys. Yes,
0: we're very excited. And actually, the spoiler alert: we're going to be talking tomorrow about NES peripherals. So, if you want to hear us talk about the NES Zapper and the Power Pad and Rob the Robot and the Power Glove, that's what we're going to be discussing tomorrow.
2: Wow, it really that system really did have a lot of those. Yeah, it's it's
0: kind of the Wii before the Wii.
2: That's yeah, good point. Yeah. All right, but yeah, you can find Koopa Club at koopaclub.com. That's dot com, or on iTunes. Yes. And, and I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's uh, one of my favorite shows, and that's, that's not just flattery. Like, I really do enjoy it. Oh,
0: you say that to all your guests, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I really appreciate it, man, and I love what you guys do. I, I, I listen uh, every time there's an episode up, so keep it going. Thanks.
2: That, that's super nice. Yeah, we really appreciate the support. Oh, show. All right. Well, uh, yeah, special thanks to Jeremy for joining us tonight. And um, ever since we did a pre recorded <laughs> outro, we never have any idea how to end this show. Oh, I'm
0: the same way. We used to do that with our <laughs> shout outs. I thought, like, oh, let's save some time. I'm going to pre record them. But it's so weird to lead into it. It sounds so unnatural when you're actually recording. You're just like,
3: and we're done. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just
0: got to bite the bullet and just do it live. Yeah. Like
2: Bill O'Reilly. Yep. Do (laughs) a (laughs) live!
3: That's a great note to end it on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're keeping that one for perfect.
2: Thanks for listening, everybody. Go over to portablepower.popularoutcast.com. Clear your cookies or use incognito mode. Do the shopping that you'd normally do. We'll get a small cut of whatever it is you spend at no additional cost to you. Help us get noticed. Go over to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to the Portable Power Podcast. Get in touch with us. Maybe you'd like to send us a game review request or your own answer to our question of the week. You can email us at powerpodcast at gmail.com or use Facebook, facebook.com slash portablepowerpodcast or get in touch with us on Twitter at portablepowerfm. Drink responsibly and listen to the next episode of the Portable Power Podcast so you can witness what happens when people don't.
3: See you in my dreams.